We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. And old Jed. Good to have you here today. Good to have you here again. So we've had several people in different ways and shapes and forms ask us about the same subject that we're going to kind of title as spiritual fatigue. Okay. And so the question will be, I guess, what does spiritual fatigue look like and how do you move through it in a positive way? Okay, so we're going to talk today about some of the causes of it. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about some choices that it presents us with. Okay. And we're going to talk about some possible solutions to it. Always good. Okay. What do we got? So first of all, causes. Let's look at um, Exodus 32. Okay. And let's look down at uh, verse 19. This is... Moses and he's been charged with of course taking the people of Israel to from Egypt to Canaan and they're on their way and he's gone up the mountain and they've made the golden calf and all of the above oh, yeah. and he's coming down the mountain and he sees the terrible situation in idolatry so pick it up at verse 19 and and um, read down through 22 if you would okay as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses' anger burned hot, and he threw the tablets out of his hand and broke them on the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and burned it with fire and ground it to a powder and scattered it on the water and made the people of Israel drink it. And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. Okay, so here's Moses. He's been with the Lord. He's been getting all this. He, he's been trying so hard. He gets down there, and the people have just messed everything up. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's completely out of his control, and his, his reaction is he just becomes supremely angry. He breaks <laughs> the, the tablets. He grinds, this, grinds them into powder, makes yeah. the people, you know, grinds the calf and puts it in the water, makes him drink it. And, and I don't read anything in here that says God made him do any of that. No, it's, he, it's he, just pretty much he's showing he's, out he here. He's losing it. But yeah. He, but he's losing it because he's been trying so hard. Mm -hmm. And he wants to do right, and he wants to do what God wants to do. And these people, totally outside of his control, yeah, are messing it up. So And most people, you know, just to make sure, you know, if you haven't read the story lately, this isn't, Years after the Exodus, this isn't even months. No. That I mean, this With is the, within the first few months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're right after crossing the Red Sea, the ten plagues, the whole shebang. Yeah. So his frustration is building up now, and and if we want to think of it in terms of our lives, he ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. And so, so I think effort, a lot of effort plus frustration, mm -hmm. a lot of times brought on by things we can't control. Mm. 
brings on a heaviness, a, a why do we try? What, what's the point if, if I can't control things any better than this? Yeah, a lot of times you'll hear people talk about the pressure is building within you and without a healthy release, you're going to explode. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, another passage that comes to my mind is Numbers chapter 20. Okay. And this is actually a long ways down the, the time scale. This is 30-some-odd mm -hmm. years down the road. Okay. And they come to this place, and uh, the people are griping and complaining again. And here's a day-to-day -day grinding. Uh, they're griping about food earlier in Chapter 11. They, they hate the food. They want something different. They want meat. Yeah. You know, they get snake bit. They... they they gripe about everything. Now they're griping about water. Mm -hmm. And um, in Exodus 17, there's a similar story to this. At the beginning of the march out of right. out of Egypt, uh, this same water type story. Mm -hmm. And Paul even calls it the spiritual rock that followed them because it was there in Exodus 17 and gave them water. And then in Numbers 20, 30 something years later in a different place, it gave them water again. Okay. But... Um, Anyway, Moses is frustrated again, and mm -hmm. he's frustrated with the people in this day-to-day -day grind, and these people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Haven't you ever wanted people to do what they're supposed to do? And you no, never had Yeah, and they won't oh, absolutely. do it. I'm sure all, anybody who's been in some tiny portion of leadership, or even within your family, yeah. you know, Oh, yeah, you're going to encounter this at some point. Yeah, and so spiritual fatigue is, is written all over this, but pick it up mm. at, at uh, verse 6 and read down to verse uh, 11. Okay, yeah. Starting in 6 of Numbers 20. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff, Assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock from them, for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. Now this would be very much akin to somebody who was so frustrated and so tired mentally and so spiritually fatigued and didn't know what to do that they just put their fist through the sheetrock of a wall or something like that. Oh, not advisable. No, don't do that. But this is the type of thing that people experience in their lives, and Moses was spiritually fatigued and overcome by his anger again. Mm. Sometimes when we have spiritual fatigue caused by effort and frustration, we get angry. Sometimes we cry mm. because we don't know what else to do. Uh, in the New Testament, there's so many examples, but I think of Paul and the Corinthians. And uh, one of the reasons he got frustrated is because he loved them way more than they loved him back. Yeah, and absolutely. In Second Corinthians six, uh, verses eleven through thirteen, read that one and see how your is that ESV. Yes, see it how is. that one does it. Uh, six eleven through thirteen. Mm -hmm. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. 
You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. All right, that's difficult for us to understand in our terminology. Let me yeah. try that for yeah. us here. Simplify it. Uh, yeah. So he says, our mouth has been wide open toward you, Corinthians, meaning mm -hmm. we've communicated openly without holding anything back. Right. Our heart has been wide open to you. We've shown you our love and affection, etc. Yeah. Uh, we are not, or you are not, do not be so restrained with us. Uh, you are not restrained in our affections, meaning don't hold back loving us like we love mm. you. And then he says, um, pay us back in kind, mm -hmm. children. Open your hearts wide to us. So Paul's been giving out all this love and kindness and service, but he's not feeling it yeah. from the people that he's serving. He's not feeling the same affection, and it's driving him crazy. So it's almost using some modern language. He's wearing his heart on his sleeve. He's bore his soul to them, you know, all these different things. And they're being standoffish. They're being cold. They're being distant. And he's going, what's the deal? Yeah, and anybody that's ever spiritually tried to help other people and you you see that they're they're being weird to you or they're not being kind to you and they mm -hmm. have you know you're thinking in your mind you have no idea yeah how i've struggled to help you and sincerely and you're why don't you care about me like i've cared about you and that's yeah. very fatiguing that's very oh, sure. frustrating and so many people feel that type of thing whether it's with their children or with people they're friends that are Christians or other people, they just feel very worn out with it. Mm -hmm. um, one other passage, and then we'll get to some choices we have. Okay. Okay. So I'm definitely thinking of lots of phrases that have been used in like training events. Yeah. They would say that, you know, he was pouring all of himself into someone else, but he wasn't getting anything poured back into him in return. Yes. You know, just yes. to and use some other phraseology that maybe you're yeah, used to out and, there. And anybody understands that this is an emotional thing, mm. and we're all emotional beings. Paul was too. In 2 Corinthians yeah. 11, okay. he goes through this litany of all the things he has struggled through to be a servant of the Lord. And he starts in verse 23, you know, are they servants of Christ? I am more, and he, he mm -hmm. gives all these things he's been through, which is right. horrible if you read it. Yeah. But uh, if you pick it up in verse 27 and read through 29, you get to his, his final outpouring of frustration here. Yeah. He says, In toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of the anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. There, that's good. So, you know, on top of all the beatings and whippings and shipwrecks and brethren that have mistreated him and persecutions, mm. there's his daily anxiety for the churches because he really cares about other people yeah. spiritually. And he says, even when I hear that one person falls or something, it just kills me. And so he's being worn down. Mm -hmm. by the external sufferings he's having to do and by the internal things that he's worried about, even relative to his service to the Lord. And so he's spiritually fatigued. Yeah. 
So what do people do? Well, that brings us to part two here in our little sermon. Okay. And before we get to part two, is this only something that like a person like Moses or Paul is going to no, go through? No, it, people that are struggling with their children, people that are struggling to be Christians and they're fighting with their jobs, they're fighting with you know, people at the church maybe who are in the church who have hurt their feelings and they're trying to be Christians and they're feeling, Lord, why am I trying so hard? Yeah. What's the point if it's going to be like this? Yeah. So I so I bring that up to say if you're feeling it as an individual within yourself and you're going, well, I'm no Paul or Moses, so I guess I shouldn't, yeah. you know, I should feel pity that I feel this way or that's not what we're going to say here. No, this but is, if you can they feel can it on feel this levels. way, surely you have the right to feel this way. There we right? go. Yeah. So now when we're confronted with our spiritual fatigue, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Well, um, in different passages of Scripture, you know, Moses could have given up. Moses was told he couldn't go into the promised land. Oh, yeah. And he could have just absolutely turned his back on God. Yeah. But he chose not to, and he chose to pour out his heart in a final sermon in the book of Deuteronomy, which is his last sermon. Mm-hmm. And he chose to to leave them with an example whether they ever followed it or not. Yeah. So he chose his trust in God even though he was worn out yeah. spiritually, yeah. fatigued. Uh, uh, so one thing you have to do, I think, when you're totally worn out, you know, you have to choose A or B. You, you give up, you hate God, you resent God, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to strike out at everybody you can, yeah. or B, you're going to try to regroup and you're going to try to, to put your trust in God and do what you're supposed to do. Right. Now, Moses did that. You know, Elijah, Second Kings, what, 18, 19? Somewhere in there. Uh, 19, maybe. He was in the cave, and, you know, he said, I'm the only one left, and nobody cares but me. And and he was feeling sorry for himself. See, some people choose to feel sorry for themselves. And that may be okay for a few minutes, but mm-hmm. it's a very bad mindset spiritually to keep going forward in. So if I choose to feel sorry for myself and say, this isn't fair, and, you know, and just wallow in that, Mm-hmm. There's nothing productive. There's nothing helpful to me or to others that's going to come out of that. Right. So God, you know, comes to him in the cave and speaks to him, and God says, mm-hmm. What are you doing here, Elijah? Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. They're in uh, 19. And so that's when he comes to him and says, Go out and stand, and all the yeah, ways and God he comes hears by. Him him. In a wee, a wee small voice, and, uh-huh. and he says, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he says, Get up and go do some stuff. Yeah. So he says in verse 15, the Lord said, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be the king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, to Abel Meholah, that you shall anoint to be the prophet in your place. All right. So So he's like, get out and. This is stuff you can do. So the choices for Elijah was lay there and feel sorry for yourself and don't be any good to anybody. Yeah. Hiding in a cave. Which, if you really <laughs> think about that, is tempting sometimes, but it's so unsatisfying mm-hmm. to both you and God and everybody else. Or get up and do some stuff that God needs done, even if you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. So the choice to do God's will when you don't feel like it mm-hmm. is one of the greatest choices that a person can make when they're spiritually yeah. fatigued. Well, and especially knowing 
what happens between Elijah and Elisha, the impact that Elijah now makes on Elisha and Elisha and being able to... And he goes on to do great good. Oh, yeah. It's, so it's not over. No, it was far from over. Yeah. So, so choices. Moses, if we look back to what we talked about, he made some bad choices when he just let his anger flow over and he just acted out. And many of us choose to act out when we're spiritually fatigued and that only hurts us mm. and other people. Yeah. So one of the things that I've noticed that is best to do is take a step back and reflect, really pray about something, really reflect about mm. where you are, really seriously do what James says and ask for God's wisdom and say, what would God want me to do in this situation? Yeah. And then in whatever small way you can, get up and do some things that are good and right. Mm -hmm. And you'll feel good about that in yourself. Yeah. You'll know it was right. And you'll realize in your own mind, if I trust God and just try to do what's right right now, Somehow, some way, he will bless me mm -hmm. in this. You know, James said, be swift to listen, mm -hmm. slow to speak, slow to get angry, yeah. because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So, for me personally, when I reach that point, and some of this is just because I'm a music guy, but this is true for people. There's tons of research and oh, all yeah, that. yeah, music is a wonderful... But it's, a lot of times you just want to be alone and you want to turn on something that makes you feel the way you currently feel. It's very healthy to find music that helps you feel the way you should feel. Yeah. So in the case of like spiritual fatigue, if you don't have spiritual music kind of at hand to grab hold of, first off, do that, find something there, but then turn those things on. It's amazing the times where even if I put it on and it's in the background and I'm like angrily cleaning the house sort of idea, all of a sudden one of those songs will strike me because it will start to say something that I yeah. really needed to hear right then. Well, the, the song comes to my mind, From the Depths of My Soul I Cry Out, mm -hmm. you know, Lord, Can You Hear Me, Have Mercy on Me. Well, that, soul, that song really touches me because sometimes that's exactly where I am, mm -hmm. and yet that song helps me work through that yeah. and and find that the Lord is listening and yeah. you know go from there. There's an a cappella song that it's the they're in the courtroom sort of scene. Yeah. And it's you know there's a line in it where you know it's painting this idea and you've come into the courtroom and he sings yes your honor I'm at your mercy. You can go you can do with me just as you please. Mm -hmm. And it's that moment of me going okay as much like righteous indignation as I may feel in my moment of frustration, he's the judge and I need to bow before the Lord and the song and let him on. have his way with people and things. And it's that yeah. moment where I go, okay, as bad as this is, I need to still trust that he's in control and let him deal with things. Cause I have just as much that someone else may be mad at me about right now. Right. Yeah. And, and you'll be surprised if, if we go out and we speak kindly to people that have hurt us, or if we, if we take the high road and do some things that are right, that are healing and helpful, we will be healed by doing those things. Oh, absolutely. And um, also the idea that, you know, in our choices, when things are out of control, mm -hmm. which honestly, one of the causes of spiritual fatigue, one of the major ones is there's a lot that we can't control 
in our lives. We can't control national circumstances. We can't control our children. Yep. We can't control other people in the church. Or we can't circles of influence. Yeah, we can't what control. Is, what is and what isn't, yeah. We can't control if somebody unexpectedly gets sick and dies. We can't control so much. Yeah. And it's this feeling that things are out of control. Mm-hmm. But what, what helps, I think, in, as we make these choices, instead of getting angry and and doing bad things, prayer, Mm -hmm. real quiet time like you were talking about, listening to spiritual music, reflection on the Word, letting God in quietness recenter us, um, letting our own thoughts coalesce, come together and finally say, okay, here I am, this is what I know I should do. Yeah. You know, like, like, is it Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Uh, God is our refuge say. and strength and ever-present help in trouble, though the earth give way, the mm-hmm. mountains fall into the sea. You mm-hmm. know? Is yep. that it? That's 46. And doesn't he say down at the end somewhere, be still and know that I am God? Verse 10, yep. I will, exalt among the, I will be exalted among the nations, exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Okay, so if... You know, you think of David, he went, he was being chased by Saul, and I think mm-hmm. that had to be great spiritual fatigue. And oh, yeah. ha- having been <laughs> in Israel a couple of times and been to En Gedi in, those, in that barren land with those caves and that mm-hmm. little stream coming in there, I see David in a cave in En Gedi and, and just being there and just, you know, seeing the, the few trees in a vast desert and just thinking and realizing again that he needs to do what's right and he needs to trust in God because if he trusts in God, God will handle it. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's, I mean, multitudes of the Psalms, if we go through and we find a Psalm of David and he starts off with, the enemies are pursuing me, they're around me, they've entrapped me, life Mm -hmm. is terrible. Mm -hmm. They, 99.9% of the time, there's one or two where he's like, so give me vengeance. But most of the time they end with, and Lord, I trust in your will, bring me peace, you know, bring me comfort. Yeah. There's some sort of restatement of, but my trust is in you because I know you've got it, and that's where I need to be focused. Yeah, and people out there I know are listening to this, and they're saying, okay, that's easy for you guys to say, mm. but you don't know what's happened to me, and you don't know where I am, and you don't oh, yeah. know what I've been through yeah. right now. Yeah. But I challenge you, if you read through Second Corinthians and you realize what Paul's been through, he's been at least through what you've been through and more. Yeah. And, and Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 was even talking about how that Satan had stricken him with a thorn in the flesh, a physical ailment on top of this. Mm -hmm. So imagine, and many of you out there probably are, you're spiritually fatigued and then you're even sick physically on top of that. And you beg God for his mercy and he says it's better for you to be sick Mm -hmm. because when you're humble like this, you're of more use to me. Which is wow. again, yeah, wow. And then there's Paul no says, easy I feeling realize that. that when I'm weak, I am strong because the power of Christ rests upon me. Mm-hmm. So when we're humble, and we just allow Christ to live through us, mm-hmm. God does great things even out of people who are broken. Yeah, and it's hard for us to accept that, but that's true. Yeah, that's, that's the truth. Yeah, and I. He knew we would need those things of reminder and of peace. That's why we've talked about it before in in a video a long time ago, but all the imagery of 
the still waters and the beautiful gardens and all these things that start from the literal garden in the beginning to the garden at the end. Yep. It's like that's something that speaks to the heart and soul of people. It does. And God's laying out, that's who I am. That's what I want for you. That's what I desire for you. So, yeah, you're going to go through the troubled times and the troubled waters, but this is what I want to bring to you if you'll let me. Yeah, and Moses, Moses says in Psalm 90, Make us glad mm -hmm. according to the number of days you have afflicted us, according to the number of days we have seen trouble. Yeah. So it's okay to withdraw for a while. It's okay to reflect for a while. It's okay to be quiet for a while. Jesus mm -hmm. did it in oh, his yeah. all-night prayer sessions by himself. Um, so many people think they have to keep going, going, going. I don't know about you, but... I don't believe anybody can keep going flat out all the time without stopping, mm -hmm. reflecting, refreshing themselves spiritually, and regrouping, and then moving ahead again. Yeah. I, I can't help but think some of when Paul talks about himself being a tent maker, mm -hmm. you know, and how many preachers I still know that do carpentry work or different things like that, mm -hmm. there's something about when you have all of this stuff you can't control and then you have something that you can very easily know this is the beginning middle and end of my task yes. that's somewhat of a retreat but it's a it's a positive task that is a retreat you're not just sitting in the cave and hiding out you're going i need to do something with purpose yeah think about him making those tents you know and mm -hmm. just sitting there being quiet yeah he can figure out when he started and when he finished. Yeah, and yeah all of us can do that. Again, earlier I said angrily cleaning the house. Like, that becomes a thing <laughs> for me. Well, like, it puts things in order. Yeah, it goes, okay, I can vacuum that space. I can fold that laundry. I can sort out that closet that I've just been shoving all my junk in. And at the end, there is something cathartic to that, you know. And, and there's some letters that go with that, too, but I'm not going to say what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not what's there. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think there's there's these healthy elements of understanding that we all will go through those times, and that's okay, but it's what we choose to do through it that's going to show how do we come out on the other end. Yeah, you know, exactly. Do we come out embittered, or do we come out invigorated? You know. So so what do we what do we give everybody that's listening out there from this? Yeah, you're going to experience great weariness, tiredness, and frustration spiritually in your life. Mm. And when you get to those points, you've got to remember that you have some choices to make. Are you going to choose to let your anger go and sin? Are you going to choose to become embittered against God and do things and burn bridges you shouldn't? Strike or, rocks. Or are <laughs> you going to choose to be still and reflect and turn to the Lord and and begin moving forward again with small steps that are good so that, that you can be good for yourself and others. The bad choices that we make at those times of spiritual fatigue can be ruinous to us mm -hmm. as well as others. Mm -hmm. The good choices that we make can make us so much stronger spiritually. Um, one other verse, Hebrews 12 I'm thinking it's verse 11, but I may be wrong there. Let's see. He's talking about God's God's formative discipline in times of of uh, persecution or stress or trial. Hebrews 12, verse 11, maybe. Verse 11. 
For the moment, all discipline? Yep. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. Okay, so think about an athlete who goes through suffering in the sense of when he's getting his body or her body ready to perform. They're doing all the push-ups and set-ups and pull-ups and running and they're, mm-hmm. they're in pain, yet, yet they've allowed that pain to make them stronger. Yeah. And this passage says that if we handle our spiritual fatigue and our suffering in the right way, we will be made stronger when we come out the other side of it. Yeah, verse 12 and 13. Therefore, lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Amen. Yeah. That's good. It's a great little section right there in the middle of lots of things that you're like, oh, this is difficult. This is difficult. That seems very, okay, I get that. That's Mm -hmm. practical advice. Um, I know it seems like a trite way to end because it does get overused but i i still love psalm 23 like there's a there's a reason why so many people like it because again it brings that sense of peace we've seen it used in lots of different ways some people go oh well that's just like a funeral pass no 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 no. this is like day in day out but why don't you read it for us and before you read it there's really there's really one statement of faith that is the core of it. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that out there? If you do, you can get through your trials. Mm-hmm. Then there's two statements that divide the psalm that that subdivide that. Number one, I shall not want, which means whatever happens, if I trust in the Lord, he'll take care of me. Yep. And number two, I will fear no evil. Right. I know where my protection and provision comes from. All right, here we go. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. If you're spiritually tired out there, don't give up. Mm -hmm. Make good choices. And be still and know that God is God, and then carefully move forward doing good things. Yeah. There is something on the other end here or in the hereafter, Uh maybe even both. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us again next time. Have a good one. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.